Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. Danielle is at home taking care of her mother who's come through surgery successfully, but she still needs a little more TLC before she comes back to the mic. So sitting in for Danielle today is the great Dr. Christina Greer. Insert pause. Say hi to, <laughs> say hi to the people, Chrissy. Hi to the people, Chrissy. She, she's an associate professor at Fordham. She's the politics editor at The Grio. She's the co-host of the podcast FAQ NYC yes. and an all-around awesome and brilliant political mind. Thank you. We're happy to have you sitting in with the band on another big day in politics. Black voters again came out and said, we want Joe Biden. And it happened not just in the South where we expected it, but in Michigan. And when right. they called Michigan and Joe won, I think, 15 out of 15 counties mm-hmm. in Michigan, especially Macomb County, who is quite often uh, a central county in Michigan and in America. I said, I think that's it. And I think the race is effectively over. I think black voters and voters in general have chosen, Democratic voters in general have chosen decency, safety, and the expectation of normalcy and general competence over the possibility of revolution and change and an outsider coming in and saying, we're going to change things up. I think Bernie learned a little too late, Mm -hmm. cannot rely on young voters. Mm -hmm. And Bernie Sanders had a problem with black voters in 2016, and he did not in the years since address that. And there's nothing in his platform, which we know, as opposed to Joe Biden, I don't know what he's for besides decency and safety. There's nothing that Bernie is talking about that is directly addressing black voters and making them say, you know what? Mm -hmm. I should give that guy a chance. Mm -hmm. And yes, under 45 black voters have been preferring Sanders, but he's getting killed with over 65-year-old black voters. And Joe Biden does better with the youngs than Bernie does with the olds. Yep. So Bernie did not in the last four years make any 
headway with black voters. And he is smart enough to know that black voters are generally the deciders in the Democratic primary. Yep, it's true. So here, here's some thoughts, because I have quite a few. Um, and I'll just let the Bernie bros have their hate mail when, when they settle down. But I think some of the takeaways from, I keep calling this like second Super Tuesday, mm-hmm. because I was looking at Missouri, Mississippi, and Michigan. So let's start first with Bernie Sanders skipping Mississippi and skipping Selma. I understand from a strategic standpoint, you want to focus on Michigan and you wanted to win Michigan. But the visual of you skipping Mississippi and campaigning in Mississippi, which is literally percentage-wise the blackest state in the union, uh, skipping Selma, where we are commemorating, you know, uh, the Bloody Sunday and everybody literally and their grandmother is there, sort of thinking about civil rights in a really important context, uh, especially in this political moment with Donald Trump sort of trying to bring those days back. Skipping that said a lot to black voters, especially said a lot to black primary voters who tend Joe to be going older. to Michigan and not talking about Flint say to black voters? Well, I mean, here's the thing. We'll get to Joe in a second because the bar, unfortunately, is relatively, it's, I'm not going to say it's lower, it's just different for Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders, I think, you know, thinking that Jesse Jackson can come and endorse Bernie Sanders. I know symbolically that looks great, right? Jesse Jackson, I write about Jesse Jackson all the time. His 84 and his 88 presidential runs, especially his 88 presidential run, where he did incredibly well and shocked a lot of people. He was the front runner at one point in time, delegate-wise. And he won Michigan. The difference is when a Clyburn endorses Joe Biden— and a Jackson endorses a Sanders. It's two totally different things. One, Clyburn is a sitting congressman. He's one of the top four leading, you know, power-wise Democratic congressmen. He's the most senior-ranking Democrat in the state of South Carolina. His endorsement actually brings along with it a lot of chips. I thought Bloomberg actually was going to be able to bring along, like, a lot of mayors. But you realize mayors come and go. It's the members of Congress that especially with the CBC, they don't tend to go a lot of places. And when he endorsed Joe, remember, he said, you know, we know Joe, right? You know Joe, I know Joe. But the second line of that endorsement, which I thought was really more important, is Joe knows us. And that that is symbolic of he was loyal to Barack Obama, right? Which means a lot for a lot of people. I've been in the South a lot this past these past few months. Barack Obama is, you know, he's on the wall with Martin Luther King, Jesus Christ at the Last Supper, and sometimes Malcolm X if you're a slightly radical household, or JFK if you're slightly more conservative, right? I mean, like, he's up there in the pantheon yes, of great yes. leaders. So to say this white man was loyal, never undercut him, never, you know, never talked bad about him, never disobeyed him. Like, he played the number two. That means a lot to older black voters who grew up in the segregated America. I'm not even going to say the segregated South. So going to Jesse Jackson, Jesse endorses Bernie, but Jesse can't say that Bernie knows us. Right. He can say that Bernie's going to propose a lot of ideas that may come to fruition, but we all know what this country is. But so it's like, we've known- do you go with, with prone, gaff-prone, burden hand? We have, or we have known, quasi stranger. We have known. I mean, I don't think it's fair to call Bernie a quasi stranger. Who knew of when Bernie Sanders before twenty sixteen? Well, I know exactly, but everybody knew him after twenty sixteen, and this is four years since then. But what has he and done we, since twenty sixteen? But we've known Joe for twenty years, thirty years. What has he done? What well, has he done right. that would earn him 
the ticket to the cookout that would earn him 60-70% of black voters, you would think that he had uh, authored a bill on reparations. No, he wrote a bill on the he wrote right. the crime bill. Well, you would think that he had done something like he was the one that got MLK Day passed. Right. Like he <laughs> like you would think that he was the one who authorized the right. funding for the Black Smithsonian. Right. Right? No, none of these things. None of these things. He has not done anything besides stand beside Barack Obama for 8 years. But and, you know what for a lot of older black people, they've never seen that before. They've never seen a loyal white man before. And for eight years, that for them, that's a lot. Joe's whole argument is safety. Yeah. I will beat him. That's your entire argument. Yeah. And that was enough for a lot of voters, especially for a lot of black voters. I just don't think that that argument stands on a strong foundation enough. He might beat him. Bernie might have beaten him. But you you right. you're just saying I will win the game. But it's, every athlete goes into the game saying I'm going to win the game. You don't know that. Well, here's the thing, though. When he says I, I don't even think about it as a November conversation. I think about it in the way that Dr. Charles Hamilton, who's a great political scientist, wrote a book in 1973 where he talks about black voters staying in the protectionist phase as opposed to the advancement phase. Because we know what protection we are protecting the the hard earned totally fucks, in the protectionist you know? phase. Yes. Because the advancement phase is tricky because black voters are the only voters that go to the polls knowing how white people are going to behave. This is like black voters go to the polls knowing that there could be a Trump. See, that's the thing, right? That the vote for Joe is saying other people will vote for him. The vote for Bernie is hopefully I like him. I want Medicare for all. I think he's good. And I am afraid of a vote of a mass vote of saying other people and when I say other people, I mean independents and the, the the fringe of the Republicans will vote for Joe. Why are we not voting for ourselves? Why are we not asking for a little bit more out right. of the deal, Ben? I think right. he can. I mean, if he was guaranteeing, if he was able to say, I am consistently beating him in these head to head polls. Nobody else is. You got to go with me. That would be an argument. What two weeks an, ago, all an, five of yeah. them, Amy Klobuchar was beating him in head to head. In polls. an ideal world, sure, black voters would have that luxury, but I think a lot of them are making the strategic calculus that Bernie Sanders is not attractive to white voters, like white Democrats, even. White Democrats are not trying to sort of give up whatever they have. And we know a, a lot of good liberals feel like giving anything to anyone else is taking something away from them. And that's essentially a framework of Bernie Sanders. And so black voters are making, as as much as Sanders people try and say that they're low information voters, black voters are some of the most savvy, pragmatic, strategic voters. This is a very pragmatic they choice. Have to, they have to think about what white voters are going to do. We have all the data. We have all the data from the past 50 years that says white men vote for Republicans, white women vote for Republicans, white, well, no, white, no, white, no, 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 single white women vote Democrat, uh, 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 married uh, uh, women uh, vote Republican. Uh, 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 uh. On the aggregate from 1952 to 2016, Jane Jun, scholar at USC, brilliant, brilliant. She wrote a piece called Hiding in Plain Sight. And so there's always been this conversation about the gender gap. You know, women vote democratically, men vote Republican. No. She showed from the data that white women have voted for the Republican Party president every single presidential election except for two. 64 with my boyfriend LPJ and 96 (laughs) with the second election of uh, Bill Clinton, right? But because black women 
overperformed for the Democratic Party so much. It seems like there's a gender divide, but there absolutely isn't. And white educated women get a little loosey-goosey too when it comes to the Democratic Party. So we know how white people behave. And I think a lot of older black voters especially are like, Bernie, this message might be great for me in the long run. But the short run means we're not going to get you and we're going to get four more years of this man. So let's go with, you know, this other loyal cat who's with Obama. He's not perfect. He'll probably have a really interesting VP candidate because he's 77 years old. He's a little bit out to lunch. And like this might actually be where we get some interesting dynamics, either demographically or ideologically. I mean, uh, I... From The New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I feel abandoned by the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. I feel confused. I mean, I, I intellectually understand what you're saying, but emotionally, I do not understand. Yeah. I have not but you also didn't help build the Democratic Party the way older black people feel. So when when Joe Biden's like, 50. I'm the establishment. No, but I'm saying people, my mom is 72 and has never gone to school with white people. Not because she didn't want to, but because she couldn't. I'm right? saying I, so like, gen, but I keep have in never mind, felt, you're almost 50, I but like never, there are people slightly older than you that have had a totally different American experience. I have never, well, surely, but I have never felt the mass of black voters are going this direction and I'm going that direction. And I don't right. even get it. Right. I w we were I was with them on Clinton. I was with them on obviously on Obama. I was with them on Hillary. I never felt like we the rest of my people are going right. to the left and I'm going to the right. What is going on? But you saw that talent that was on stage when we had 22 people. And we had two days of debates, and because we are obsessed with Iowa and their you know ethanol subsidies, mm. and because we refuse to support candidates who are in their 40s and 50s, so we ended up with a 30 year 38 year old. 
child and, you know, a whole bunch of septuagenarians, it's like, then something's wrong with the process. And oh, there's, there's so many problems with the process. And I'm not, but I'm not sure that a rejiggered process, oh, yeah. changing the area uh-huh. of the states, having fewer debates and more town halls, so many different, we still probably would have ended up with the former vice president. Who is proposing a status quo, return to normalcy, I am safe, my whole argument is safety. I mean— I don't disagree with that. I do think that we need to change the, the oh, process. Absolutely. We have to change the process. Absolutely. Like Iowa and, and New Hampshire, you got to go. Oh, my right? God. I propose, I've, I've read a piece in the Washington Post about proposing Georgia. You know, some people are like, hey, listen, let's have it all in one day. But here's the thing. Georgia would be I a great idea. I agree with you that we would have probably ended up with Biden and Sanders, largely because I talked to so many Democratic white men. I talk to a lot of Democratic white men all the time about politics. And, you know, we debate, we agree, we disagree. But so many of them told me last year that, Chrissy, like, I think we need an older white man to beat Trump. Or, I mean, it's I, a, like, here, it's here's a, my favorite. I will not vote for Elizabeth Warren. Right. I don't care. If she's the nominee, I won't do it. Right. So I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because keep in mind, in 2016, you couldn't vote for Hillary for whatever ridiculous reasons, right? But it's like, but if Elizabeth Warren was running, I'd vote for Elizabeth Warren. And now she's running. And, you know, if she got well, the nominee. So I was like, just say she's got ovaries and you're not going to do it. Well, there's tremendous fear in this Democratic electorate. And the fear, I understand. I don't want four more years of Trump. That sounds mm-hmm. like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But the fear said, well, well, all that handshaking he was doing, I don't know. I know. Please keep shaking hands. The fear said, we can't nominate another woman, as if Hillary's body was the problem. Hillary had a lot of problems, right? To me, Joe is much more of an analog to Hillary than Elizabeth Warren. Right. Elizabeth Warren seems like the opposite of Hillary. Joe seems much more like right. Hillary 2.0. Baggage. Without baggage the specific, <laughs> ba- right, Hillary has a specific personal baggage that I don't feel. I was with her the whole time. But we know there's a large class of people who are like, I hate right. Hillary. Right. And that's one of the things that everybody wanted to point out last night, that Biden is not dealing with the anti-Hillary piece, and perhaps a lot of people who voted for Bernie were voting against Hillary, and when Bernie didn't have that to fall back on, his whole night fell like a house of cards. Yeah, because I do think that that's an important point, where a lot of Bernie's understanding of 2016, I think he thought people were feeling the burn, and I think a lot of people were anti-Hillary voting for he, Bernie he, and not pro-Bernie. This he, is what Bill Thompson, for the New York listeners out there, you remember when Bill Thompson ran for mayor, mayor he really thought that it was like pro-Bill Thompson. It's like, nah, it's no. just people who didn't want to vote for Bloomberg for that. But we, you know, Bernie is, in, is very intelligent. He did not look at the electorate and say, if I don't win a significant portion of black voters, I'm going to lose. But here's the thing. Here's my issue with Bernie. Besides the fact that his supporters can be really Trumpian and wholly inappropriate when it comes to women, people of color, and especially women of color. That's one. Two, I don't understand why this man is allergic to talking about black people. Anytime he gets a direct question about issues affecting black people, he pivots to Latinx or he pivots to people of color. And there are certain issues that disproportionately affect 
the Latinx community. There are certain issues that disproportionately affect the Asian community. There are certain issues that disproportionately affect the Black community. If you are not comfortable talking about Black people and Black issues when Black people are the backbone of the Democratic Party, then you will not have a spine to make this fight work. I mean, he, see, Joe, as much as I've listened to him, I don't really know what he's about. I know what Bernie is about. And in his planks around the economy, inequality, climate, Medicare for all, there is not a specific reach out to black voters. And Bernie or Biden? Bernie. Uh-huh. Bernie. I like I know right. what Bernie's about. And it would be so easy to do it. That's it, the piece I don't understand. He, you had four years to do it. It would he, be so yeah. easy to do it. Climate change is affecting black communities in ways that we just can't even imagine. Right. So it's like it's pretty freaking simple to say nothing about. I wrote a book called Black Ethnics. Right. They're all the people that I interviewed who were like, yeah, I would leave this country, you know, and probably I'm going to retire in insert name of home country. We don't even know if home countries are going to be around. Right. And these mm. are people who are sending remittances back home to try and help rebuild their old communities. So, like, there are a thousand different ways that you can approach climate change and how it works and doesn't work for black people. But he's immune to that conversation. He won't address it. And you have four years of black people saying, eh, I wasn't really down with you in 2016 because you didn't say anything to black people specifically. And then you spent four years not doing it again. I want to caution people who are going to be screaming for Bernie to get out now because there's still time. The delegate count is, is, he's still got time. There's still time, but there's still time to let this play out. And one thing about politics at this level is it's extremely emotional that we could talk about policy all day long and people see themselves as progressive moderate what have you but really these are emotional decisions because we're talking about people's lives here yeah and we fall in love with candidates even though i don't think anybody is in love with biden they're in love with the possibility of getting rid of trump yep i think I am very afraid of going forward into battle with a candidate who I don't think anybody is in love with this man or inspired by him or anything like that. The Bernie folks are deeply emotional about their candidate. And as with any breakup, you have to be sensitive and give them time Mm -hmm. to process that their person is not going to be the nominee, especially because three weeks ago, it was looking good. It was like, oh, he's on the one yard line. He's about good. to sew this up. They thought they were about to get the ring. So, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. give them right. time but, because you don't, because if you think, oh my God, all these people running around saying like, I'm not going to vote for Biden. I'm going to leave the top line blank. Like, <laughs> l- let them have their moment. Right. You know, all the talk about fuck Bernie bros. They were rude and mean to me. Don't be attacking the people who are now upset. Oh, you're petulant. You're throwing a temper tantrum. Blah, 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 blah. Get in line. The, it was the Biden people who said vote blue no matter who. The Bernie people were like, no, we have an actual idea. Somebody we, we want. We're not just right. going to check for whoever. But I think also, though, I caution the Bernie people for being susceptible to Trump talking points of it's a conspiracy and they stole it from your candidate. Like sometimes when you lose, you you lose. No, I don't think it was stolen. I well, I mean, but that's see, still some of the language no, that's course, being used. Of course. I mean, I see the way that the establishment rapidly Woo! coalesced I mean, around listen, Joe. I've been in the politics game for a long time. I got to say, the this. speed 
was a touch it, fast it was even like, for me. It was like it was like, you know, in the MCU movies when you think you're talking to somebody and then you make a move and like they push a button and they become Doctor yeah. Octopus suddenly and like, I like, Oh, I didn't know you had eight I mean, arms and like, six heads. We like we oh my god. Beto Buttigieg oh somehow god. teleported himself to a TV screen to support. Amy Klobuchar delivers Minnesota. I mean, like, it was quick, fast, in a hurry. Kamala's on board. Corey's on board. Elizabeth's like, I'm staying silent, which to me is huge. Like, because also, let's be clear, she's in line to be, she's in conversation to be a VP. So, like, it doesn't serve her to endorse Bernie at all. Like, if Biden, you know, we can, we can play the VP game all day, but, like, more and more as the days progress and it's looking like Biden's about to like run the table, it's like he's got to think about a VP candidate on two different levels. Demographically, because, you know, women and sort of people in general, like what is wrong with this country and we are a, a democratic nation of our stature and we've never had a woman? Like, come on. So he's got to think about demographics. Black folks are like, can we I mean, really, between, we're, the, we're the backbone, oh, but we can't Obama, get anything? Clyburn and the voters of the South and Michigan, oh, uh, this is all black voters put you in this position. So if what you, you don't do? stand next to a black person in this moment. But here's the thing. You also have to satisfy ideologically. You got to make sure, as you just said, with all bad breakups, don't be like, yeah, it's moderates time now. Forget you progressives. Right. So it's like he's got to think about strategically. Do I choose demographics or do I choose ideology? And chances are he'll choose a VP running mate that hopefully encompasses both, which could be Elizabeth, right? Kamala Harris doesn't do it. She satisfies demographics, not ideology. She's a moderate, right? Stacey, Kamala you would know, say, like... Kamala would tick a lot of boxes. A lot, a, but, a lot, but not, a lot of people would not be the progressive very box. much in the... Not the super progressive box, like the, but a the lot Bernie of... people aren't motivated because of Kamala. They're motivated for Elizabeth to a certain extent, but not because of Kamala. Extent. And not because of, of Stacey, right? And, like, Stacey's also a black woman who... And, you know, I love me some Stacey Abrams. But, like... Her highest elected office is state level in Georgia, right? And so because the, gov- the governor's house was stolen from her, like mm-hmm. I will say that on mm-hmm. record, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. under oath. Facts. But, you know, that's kind of like white boys can make that transition. It's much more difficult for women, people of color, and women of color especially to make that jump, right? And so she's an interesting choice. But we're also looking at an old 77 Joe Biden, not like a young 77 Joe Biden. So whoever he chooses for vice president has to be someone that people could actually see as president. This is where John McCain ran into trouble, where it's like John McCain had a lot of health issues. Hold on, let me finish. And he chose someone where people were like, I can't see this woman, Sarah Palin, ever being president. She's a disaster. So Joe has to strategically think about that. I I don't know. The the McCain-Palin analogy is very solid when you see. I mean, I don't think that anybody can ruin you or elevate you. I don't think that anybody said I'm not voting for him because of her. And the Republican Party has gone completely in the direction of Sarah Palin and not in the direction yeah. of John McCain. But At this point, John McCain didn't win that election because there were enough independents who were like, this broad is dumber than a bag of sand. No, I think that, I think Barack Obama, as the, Barack Obama, as the summer went on, Barack Obama seemed to be making the right moves and showing that he was competent in a chaos. And John McCain literally suspended his campaign. <laughs> but also, and Sarah Palin David Letterman that hanging. she's not competent. I mean, that's the thing. When you were electing someone who's a septuagenarian, this is also when the number two miraculously becomes important. Obama's number two was a demographic choice, right? Joe Biden made a lot of sense. 
He delivered what he was supposed to deliver. John McCain thought he was making a demographic choice with, uh, you know, having a woman just to try and get the sort of salty Hillary people. And it didn't work out. So I think Joe Biden has to really think strategically about, because here's the thing. If anybody's going to get screwed over, it's going to get black people. It's going to be black people. It's like y'all had your black president, so we can choose a non-black VP I mean, if we know you're going to come out anyway, I, so like, if there's down. not a black person on the ticket, you want to make a little friendly wager? I will, do. You guys gamble on this show? I'm sure, okay. but I mean, like, I will not. I will. I don't know how I will get to feeling the emotional connection to this ticket that I want to feel. Yeah. I mean, like, I think about all the Democrats who I have voted for in my lifetime, and this is. I mean, maybe it's early in the rollout of this product called Joe Biden 2020, but this is the least interested and excited I have ever been. Like, I was more excited and interested in voting for John Kerry, right, right? and Al Gore than I am about Joe. I mean, like, when when it's Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, this is when I look at the 370 million people in America, and I'm like, this is it. What's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with y'all? This is it. These are the best two people that we could have for the top Uh job. Are you freaking kidding me? But I think that that says a lot about this nation. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So, anywho, I'm going to say. But you still, do, you don't think that he's going to pick a black person? No. You think he's going to pick Elizabeth Warren? No, not necessarily. But, I mean, if he's looking at Bernie's numbers or his people are looking at Bernie's numbers and they see, you know, Latinx communities. I mean, Julian Castro's not out of reach. He would be interesting he satisfies demographics he's young he's smart like he's not gonna raise any money but like he's young he's smart he gets latinx voters who are bernie people because bernie has done really well with latinx voters right like there are a lot of other ways that joe biden can play this hand and it does not include black people because we're captive like the republican party has been like i don't need y'all sneaky don't want y'all Y'all ain't got no place to go. And we see that we you overperform for the Democrats. So, like, the Democrats know it's like an abusive relationship. Like, where are we going to go? We know if we don't vote, like, our lives are, you know, what Malcolm X says, like, when America gets a cold, you know. See, yeah, we catch the we flu. Get, the like, we catch, Ebola. well, but, but P.S., think, we'll talk about Corona. But I think that folks should realize after 2016 that we are not captive because we can stay home. 
and I'm not telling folks to stay home. Please don't. I'm not telling folks to stay home. But in 2016, a lot of Democratic voters thought it was in the bag or and or were not excited about right. Hillary and did not come out. And look, and guess what? Black folk, black folks are getting killed out here under this administration. And the thing is, it's like, yes, we see what's going on at the border. Yes, we see how horrible Donald Trump is on immigration. But you know what? He also just put Nigeria on the no-fly list. Like, (laughs) black undocumented communities are 10% of the undocumented community, 20% of the deportations. We know that we have police states that are borderline, you know, like, neo-fascist, Nazi paramilitary organizations. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, the things that are happening in our courts, right? Like, black folks are going to be living under a Trump administration for the next 30 years because of the judges that he's put in on local And I love how elections. he makes it like, oh, the travel ban was right. me pre-gaming for Corona. Yeah, please. Shut yeah. Up. This man. Sure well, I mean, was. the thing is, he's never pre-planned in his life. I mean, like, he literally <laughs> just, he does everything like, like a casino, right? It's like, by the minute. And so this is, I mean, Didn't he every crisis. Didn't he ran a casino? All of them. Like, it's like. How do you fail when you right, run a casino? Hello. Stealing too much of your own money. Um, I mean, the thing is, every crisis we've had, for the most part, that he's quote unquote solved, it's a crisis that he's made. So, like, he's always great at miraculously solving the crises that he he's created. None of these but crises. this he is. He moves on to another one. This is exactly. It's like he just starts dumpster fires. He just and, like, starts another just one. Don't look, at, don't look at that fire. Look at this fire. He makes a bigger fire. But this is a fire that he didn't make. P.S. What's the number of people with corona in Russia? Because mm, I haven't heard anything. I'm like fascinated by like how are they doing? Putin controls the media, so we yeah, may so never we, know. Oh, right, that's true. We we'll never, never know. know. But then again, we don't know how many people are here. I am, I am, I am loath to look forward to months of Sleepy Joe. Oh, he's not sleepy. And racist I mean, Trump. Sleepy. The problem is Joe Biden's not sleepy. He talks, and it's just like. My hair literally stands on edge whenever he speaks because I'm like, I don't know what is going to come out of your mouth. But not in a good way. No. Like when he says, oh, this is my husband and this is my sister. And I'm like, I don't know. You mean I, I, your mean, wife I don't know. That one wasn't your... fair. They moved when he wasn't looking. But no. you know what he does? No. He does the thing that John Kerry did, right, in terms of the rhetorical thicket where he can't just make a declarative statement. I won suburban voters. No, he has to then couch it. Well, we didn't win all suburban voters. We won most of the suburban voters. We would hope to get more of the suburban voters. And now I'm like, you haven't said anything. And this typical political speak where you're like going back on what you're saying and loop-de-loop. And I'm like, now I want to facepalm. And and he does this about nothing. And it's over. And it doesn't make you seem like a leader. It doesn't make you seem intelligent. It doesn't make the point resonate. Well, because the thing is, he's been a senator for 40 plus years. He's not an executive. Like, he's a consensus builder. He's that guy who just, he likes to be in a room with a lot of people. He likes to be liked. He likes to touch people. Literally, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. sort of in this Me Too movement, I really do think that part of his wings feel like they're clipped because he is from that old school of like, let me touch you, let me hug you, let me love you, let you know that I'm your politician and I'm thinking about you. I'm looking you in the eye. You know, we're salt of the earth Americans. And it's like, guess what? That's a great trait for a politician, kind of in general. But like, as far as leadership, we, he's never been an executive. He's never been a governor, right? You've been the senior senator of Delaware. Delaware. I thought no he was a senior senator for MBNA. 
Huh? My, right. my mistake. <laughs> Keep in mind for a long time as DuPont. And I'm never going to say anything about DuPont because my dad worked there in Delaware for many years. And that's what put me through all of my schooling. So shout out to Delaware. Never going to talk about you as a state. Um, but you see what I'm saying? Like he's not even, he wasn't like the senior. He's not a Chuck Schumer where it's like, I got to deal with these Wall Street cats. I got to deal with, you know, terrorism. Like, you know, Chuck Schumer has a lot on his plate. I think he's doing a terrible job as minority leader, but I think he's he's from a state that's got a lot going on. Joe Biden is like, ah, I got to make these banks happy, but you know, what you going to do? Like he's a, I think part of the reason why Obama chose him is because he was that person who could go into Scranton and be like, of course. he's our guy. Like, I know he's got a funny name. What are you going to do? Of course. But like, that's different from being an executive and, you know, meeting <sighs> with... Yeah, we you know, have, Angela Merkel, like, how are we going to solve this immigration slash Corona slash Putin slash whatever it may be? Do you think that you and I will survive to next week? Oh, well, someone asked me, they were like, is my sister's an OBGYN? They were like, ask your sister. My sister's like, a doctor, too. Oh, yeah? What yeah. kind? Uh, well, she was in ER, but now she's a CEO of the hospital. So. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Well, be um, your sister too. My sister kind of a badass. I'm like literally the white sheep of the family. That's what we used to call. I gotta it. be the like, white sheep because it's not the black sheep. I know because we're but, black. Yeah. So I was like the the sort of like <laughs> the one that needed to get it together. Um, and so, but you know, someone's like, ask your sister. They're like, is coronavirus going to be like HPV, where it's like a whole bunch of people have it, but it's like not a big deal? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> That's a really good question. And she was like, I don't know. Like, uh, she, oh, she said, I don't know. Yeah, she was like... All doctors I, I know are like, if you're under 60, it's fine. You're well, fine. I mean, okay, so here's the question I have. My son came to bed this this morning and he's like, I think I have corona. I was like, shut the fuck up. No, but here's the thing. Kids, kids are really stressed out. Kids are really stressed out. You know nobody who has right. corona. And if you did, we would know about it. Like if one right. parent in the community yeah. got it, like everybody would know about it. There'd be red alarms going right. off. And he's like... About my after school. I'm like, you are. Uh. But here's the thing. I think, you know, because it's still cold and flu season, I think a lot of people, like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get rid of this cold. I was on an airplane. Wait, Everyone's I'm looking sorry, at wait, me. Wait, what? I You're have a sick cold. right now? I have a cold. Oh, good Lord. They need to practice social distancing from you. Like, well, right now, you didn't tell me you had a cold. Can't you hear it? I'm scared. Oh, God. Can <laughs> well, I move to you, the other room? You literally now? just said, we're uh, under 60. Don't worry about it. Uh, Which one is it? Well, I'm scared of you. We're almost, <laughs> I'm almost 60. I'm like 50. I'm like, <laughs> I can see 60 around okay. the corner. <laughs> 10 years as a big trap. I think, you know, it's one of those things where um, we just all have to, first of all, can people learn to wash their hands? I was at, no, seriously, seriously. I was at a Nets game. This woman came out of the bathroom, sprinkled water on her hands for two seconds and just kept it moving. Let me tell you something. And I was like, that is not washing hands, sis. I went to the Nets game about a week ago. Hey, what day were you there? Um, I was there on Sunday. The Grizz. The Grizz game. I was there for the Bulls. Did you, God, like did, you, did, you, did you see Kevin? Do you see Kevin Durant walk? Just to see no, him walk there. across the floor, he's like the coolest, like Denzel he wasn't level there when I was cool. There. Like he decided like, to ditch. Oh my God, you are so. I mean, just to see like a he's like seven feet tall, right? He's like six eleven, something uh, ridiculous. It's like, it's like and, watching uh, giraffes just like. Kick but a giraffes ball are not are not. Uh, fluid like that. They're like, like they don't have like this. Like they tend to be, you tend to get awkward when you're that tall. And like, he's so no. physically Well, I mean, smooth. I saw the Nets versus the Bulls. So it was like a whole bunch of giraffes. And with all the tattoos, it literally just looked like a whole bunch of giraffes. <laughs> giraffes playing with and the zebras. Ball. Yeah, just like, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen so many tattoos and so many people turn over a ball in two hours of my life. 
was like, I feel like I saw, I'm at. The game I saw in the fourth quarter, they said, if you if the other team misses two free throws in a you row. You get free french fries. You get free french fries. <laughs> but the Nets were down 30 points and not playing defense. Oh. So I'm like, they're not sending anybody to the line because they're not playing up. Everybody's getting open threes. Oh, wow. It's, no, no, they, they actually, against the Bulls, uh, they won. Well, I left two minutes before the game ended. But they did win, I'm pretty sure, because okay. it was a good game. All right, we've gone way, okay, sorry. way off the that's trail spe- right now. Did you know that's my specialty? I need Tangents. to practice social distancing from you immediately because you, you are sick. You coughing into my handkerchief? Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. I'm Chrissy Greer. <laughs> Filling we'll be, in for the brilliant Danielle Moody Mills. We'll I'm be, sorry, sweetie. It took him off track. We'll be back next week. If there's still a country. Pray about it. <laughs> Keep it in prayer. <laughs> Prayers go up, blessings go down. That's all I can say. 